What's up, podcasters? Welcome to Voluntold. My name is Carice, and I am your host. This podcast is all about finding our voice and power by not focusing on the things that we can't totally control, but by focusing on what we can control, and that is starting with ourselves. This episode is going to call out the ladies. So guys, if you are sitting next to your lady, maybe you're in the car together, you might find this episode insightful and you might be totally bored by it and want to fall asleep. I will take no offense to either one of those. And ladies, we just, we're going to have a chat. Okay. Have you guys ever felt like totally unsure about yourself or maybe some choices that you're making or you're not certain that you're doing the right thing or you're not sure if you're headed down the right path, whether in your home life, in your relationships or at work? Have you ever finished having like lunch with a friend and as you're driving away, you're reliving your conversation, analyzing it on yourself or maybe on your friend and considering like, wait, what did they mean when they said that? Or, oh, I hope they know that I had good intentions and and it came across the right way when I said it. Have you ever just relived the dialogue? I feel like um, us ladies, we have this ability and power to uh, analyze ourselves and almost overanalyze ourselves because we're so uncertain that we're coming across in the way that we want to. So first, I just want to establish one solid thing. You are a queen. Yes, I know. It sounds cheesy. You might not believe it. You might not feel it, but I just want you to own it, please. Just for this moment while you're listening, just think to yourself, I'm a queen. Because if you have a man physically in your life and you're doing life together, you're collaborating on making um, life choices and doing daily tasks in the house. Maybe you have a family that you're rearing together. That term is so disgusting, right? Anyway, if you have a man in your life, then you're the queen next to your king. And if you don't have a man, maybe he's away because of work purposes, or maybe you just don't have a man actively in your life right now, you're still taking care of the house. You're still raising the kids or you're still building your career. You're taking care of the home. You're the woman power. And that still makes you the queen. So we are left in power. We are left to conduct the business and continue on because that's our duty. That's our role. So ladies, you're a queen. We all are. Every single one of us. Okay. Now here's my nerd moment. So total confession. I really like to read and I'm kind of a nerd. So I was reading this article from Psychology Today. Um, it's called The Truth About Women and Self-Esteem. And the article calls out this longtime belief that girls during adolescence become ambivalent about how they're supposed to act. They're not sure whether they're supposed to be more masculine or feminine. And so it was such a big deal that the Girl Scout Council years ago launched a program to address the critical low self-esteem issue in pre-adolescent and adolescent girls. It's been believed that during the, the dating age, girls lose their voice. And instead, they try to be what they think boys want them to be. Some of you might connect with that statement. Maybe when you were newly dating, you turned down the volume on your personality because you were uncertain about how that was going to come across or be perceived by your mating potentials, right? So you didn't want to um, scare anybody away. So maybe you just kind of just turn that volume down just a little bit. 
And if that was you when you were dating, then that's okay. But I want you to consider, is that how you were with your closest friends? Do you turn down the volume in the same way? If you do, remember, you're a queen just the way you are, okay? But most of us, I feel like we don't really censor ourselves with our tribe because that tribe is usually people that we feel safe with and that we don't really have to consider their judgment upon us when we share something, which means I don't think that we ever really lost our self-esteem in general. I just think we became really hyper-aware of ourselves and fearful of how other people might perceive us that don't really know us. In other words, we're really cautious when we find a new member that might join our tribe. And it's kind of like a dog leg instinct. Usually dogs have to sniff each other out first. And I feel like we have to have that same animal-like instinct where we really just have to see what the other person's all about. And if they're really just accepting us for us and that they're safe, to kind of play with, right? To interact with. So this study refuted this idea that girls' self-esteem completely dropped. And instead, it just, it did admit that girls become more anxious about their appearance than boys. But when it came to actual like differences with having a higher self-esteem or a lower, there was no difference. And so this psychologist, Susan Harder, did a study with the questionnaire for boys and girls ages 12 to 17. And simply asked how much they would open up and express their opinions or share what they were thinking or really say what was on their mind. And there was no difference between boys and girls. And the only thing that they found was that both boys and girls said those who felt supported by parents, teachers, and friends in expressing their points of view, they felt like they already had a stronger voice. I felt like the ending of that article was really like a challenge, especially as a parent. So as a parent, it's my goal. It's your goal to be there for your kids, no matter the situation, to show them love and support unconditionally. And if you really have a timid kid, then how much more so, you know, you're going out of your way to get your child to express themselves. And when they do, you encourage more Then they're finding their voice. They're discovering themselves and they're feeling comfortable enough to be themselves so that when they do grow up to become that pre-adolescent, adolescent, awkward age, they're not totally shutting down or turning down the volume too much. They're just feeling free to be them, even though it's a little scary. They're prepared to continue to use their voice. My piece of my story is that my home life was not conducive towards support. That led to a lot of self-doubt because I was constantly kind of being told that what I was thinking or saying out loud was inappropriate or wrong. And it really just shut me down to a, to a sense that I would question every thought I had. And if I wanted to make a joke, I didn't know if it was okay. I didn't know if it was inappropriate or um, disrespectful. As an adult, it still affected me that I would think something and I wouldn't express it out loud. I wouldn't say it because, oh no, that might be, that might come across as rude. And I, I don't want to come across as rude. And so instead I would just think it and that's it. And then when someone else would say what I was thinking, I would literally be shocked. Like, oh, oh my gosh. So that is okay. Once I found my friends that I felt comfortable with being me and I knew they accepted me for who I was, then I just was me. And then I had to learn how to do that with everybody. I am who I am. 
And that's it. It all came down to building my own self-confidence. I know that we all have our different situations and baggage and the different types of households that we grow up in. And our parents did the best they could with what they had. But if you're in a similar situation where you didn't get the support, how beautiful is it when you can bust out and find that support for yourself and give it to those around you, your loved ones around you also. I think it's, um, it kind of all just comes down to the same phrase that we've been hearing forever is just you be you boo boo. Like I know it's so cliche. It's just us being true to ourselves with anyone that's around us feeling allowed to express our emotions in an open way to share our opinions without fearing judgment, to share our story. And when you do that, when you share your story with somebody else, you're not only empowering yourself, but you're empowering the other person that's listening to that story because it's going to build a connection. I can't tell you enough how much it connects us as human beings because while not everybody goes through the same experiences, we all feel the same emotions and it just is such a liberating thing because sometimes we just get into our heads too much. We're already thinking that it's not okay to say this. It's just best that I just stay quiet. You know, maybe you were told that good girls just, you know, sit there, look pretty and and kind of zip the lip. As an adult, you have the ability to say what you need to say, want to say, want to express. Every day comes with triumphs and challenges and our ability to express that just really quickly shows how emotionally and vocally we are connected. If you're working on finding your voice, either just at home or in the workplace, let me tell you, just keep practicing. It only gets better. And I encourage you to find a safe person or a counselor to do it with. If you're feeling unsure about yourself or your path, then process that out, you know, express that out, not expecting for someone to give you the answers, but just to allow yourself to be you without fearing somebody else's judgment upon that. And it'll help you just really feel appreciated and accepted. Because don't we all want that? Like at the end of the day, don't we all want to know that we're chosen to be with somebody in their life, that we're accepted just the way that we are, that we're loved, that we're valued. And even if you're just sharing with your kids, maybe you just share something to your son and your son tells his friend and then his friend tells his mom and it just kind of spreads this ripple effect all because you chose to share something. And your voice has that much power, especially as a woman, as females were around the kids more often, more involved in the neighborhood activities, school activities, or, you know, even at work sometimes. Just think about how much power you have because you're speaking to so many different people on the daily basis. The reason why this is so important is because we have a position of power. Like I said, if we're the queens of the household, right? Maybe you're like this gorgeous queen in this long, colorful dress. (laughs) Maybe you're this like awesome UFC fighter type queen with like this tilted crown beast mode. Whatever type of queen you are, you still have a powerful position. And so if we think of it as like politics, right, if there was a politician that was not willing to voice opinions or thoughts based off of the people he was representing, then the people aren't going to really trust that person. They're not going to really feel like he's being effective for them. It's the same way for our position as the queens of the household. You guys, if we don't speak our voice and use it to represent ourselves and our family, then who's going to? You know, like who's going to speak up for your kids and who's going to speak up for yourself? 
we can't expect for other people to always reach out to us or to read our facial expressions and expect them to know that there's something we want to talk about, but we're not talking about it. We have to express ourselves. Okay, so let's talk about some of the top fears that we have as women that stops us from exercising our voice. Number one is a fear of setting boundaries. I think finances and setting boundaries are the two top topics that um, every relationship has to talk about, but there can be fear around women expressing their voices when it comes to this type of thing. So setting boundaries is like, imagine you're out in this beautiful open field, lots of grass and trees, and you're in a valley and up on the mountains, it's just gorgeous mountains, but up there, you know, there are some creatures, like frigging some scary predators. Okay. And at any point in time, they could just stroll down that mountain and come attack you. That's not safe, right? You don't feel secure in that. That is life without boundaries. Now imagine that you are in that beautiful field and all those trees and the grass and everything. And on the edges of what you're looking at, down below around you is this huge fence. That fence are the boundaries that keep you and everyone inside of that fence safe. They keep your relationship safe. They keep your um, work relationship safe. For kids, kids absolutely thrive off of having boundaries. They know that once the family has established a rule, a boundary, they know that if they cross that boundary line that's been defined previously, that there might be some type of consequence involved for them. They know that it's not okay. Everybody has an established agreement in that boundary line. Kids need boundaries from us. And we need boundaries for each other in a marriage. We have to set those boundaries on what's expected or what needs need to be met, what's not acceptable, what's not okay whether it be in finances or in going out, you know, separated from each other, um, how we spend our time, who we hang out with, um, maybe just hanging out with people of the opposite sex, whatever you need and your significant other needs, everyone's boundaries are different based off the relationship. Everyone's relationship is different, but everybody has to have those boundaries set. They have to talk about it. I know it's just one of those things that's scary or uncomfortable again, but it's a topic that needs to happen in your relationship or at work. Boundaries at work are huge too because, you know, if you have an employer that keeps asking you to come in and work more hours or take extra shifts than that, you've got to set the boundary as to what you're willing to do and what you're not. And if you don't want to be um, continually called, you've got to set that boundary and say, what it is that you will allow and what you won't. Maybe you get calls at like 3 a.m., you know, from work. If that's not okay with you, then you have to say so. And it's up to us to speak for ourselves to set those boundaries so that our coworkers know what we're okay with, what we're not okay with. Another area is finances that happens in a relationship. So when you find a mate and you start to do life with them, you've got to collaborate on how you do life together. And a huge part of that is collaborating and communicating on how to manage your finances. I know it's a really tough conversation. It can be uncomfortable. You might not be sure how to start that conversation, but you've got to 
you've got to reach out and speak that voice that it's something you want to discuss, or maybe you want to have a goal and make plans for the future, but financially you've got to start a budget for that. Or maybe there's some over expenditure issues that need to be addressed and you can't really feel completely supported and validated if there is over expenditure. If you did not define what the budget was for you individually, maybe, or you together as a couple, whatever it is, it can create a huge disconnect. And a lot of the time, it's this fear that silences us because we're not sure how the other person expects us to behave. Or it's kind of like that dating phase again. You know, we're, we're so unsure of how to be ourselves with that kind of topic that we just kind of avoid it altogether. Uh, there was a season in my life when I stopped working. It wasn't because I wanted to, but it was just after a year of looking for a job, the doors were closed and I wasn't able to. And it was very uncomfortable not contributing financially to the family. And it was also uncomfortable for me to know how to talk about the finances and how we would divide them, especially when my husband was constantly away from home. And so we were really just making separate purchases. And it was really hard to uh, define the lines on what the budget was because we never talked about it. You know, we've been through a lot of deployments and I'm going to just tell you flat out, if you do not talk about your financial expectations and goals and budgets and all of that ahead of time before your man leaves, you are just asking for it. And not, not that every guy's going to go out and just do something crazy, but, um, you don't have that safety net. You don't have that fence around your relationship or your finances, um, because you didn't set the boundaries ahead of time. And when it came to deployments, you know, I've learned that these military people go out and they sacrifice a lot of things while they're on these deployments. They're stuck on a ship or in a desert somewhere for like months at a time. And then they get this weekend of freedom. And in that weekend, they are going to get buck wild crazy and spend all sorts of cash. And your bank account is going to cry if you don't set the boundary ahead of time. And it's not because they're doing it to be malicious. They're not doing it because they're trying to um, sabotage your budget plans and goals and all that. It's just because they're excited to go out and do something for two whole days because they know for the next two whole months they're going to be locked up in a cage again. And so I had to learn the very hard way that we had to set these boundaries ahead of time because otherwise afterwards, if, if he went out and spent a good amount of cash and I saw the bank account, I would feel betrayed. Like here I am taking care of the kids at home, but it was really hard to stay firm in that feeling if we did not talk about a budget at all. You have to do it as soon as possible before, you know, for me, it was before my husband was going to leave for a prolonged period of time or before he was going to go out, whatever it was. I think for me, I had a problem with it because it sounded very controlling. And the last thing that I wanted to ever be in my relationship with someone was controlling. But behind it was this feeling of unworthiness. I didn't feel worthy enough. Like when I wasn't working for a season, I didn't feel worthy enough to ask about finances. I wasn't contributing to the family's financial stability. So I felt guilty if I was going to ask for something. Another thing that I think stops us as women is a fear of asking for help with house chores and with the kids, with our husbands. I know it sounds silly. 
Obviously, as a queen, you are more than capable of taking care of your kingdom. You don't need anybody's help. I know. Some of you are like, "Uh, no, I need help. I expect help. Good for you. (laughs) I guess I'm more of a prideful person in the sense that like, I just felt like if my task is to take care of the house, then that's my job and no one else's job. That's my job. And I took care of it. I would get up early. I would, I had like this daily cleaning ritual, right? And then at the end of the night, same thing. But it was really challenging to want help because then I felt guilty. If I wanted help and that was my expectation, my responsibility was to do the the chores of the house, to take care of the kids and everything, then did that mean I was a bad mom or a bad wife? Was I failing at this job that was put in front of me? You know, it, it was almost like, I know my husband's working really hard and he comes home and he's tired and yeah, he'll, you know, throw his shoes off and go lay on the couch and watch TV. But even while he's doing that, I'm still doing chores around the house, you know, or taking care of the kids or whatnot. I think it may have been a mix of pride and fear of failure that stopped me from asking for help because I know now that if I had just done it, you know, my husband would have just said like, oh yeah, give me five minutes. I'll, I'll be happy to do that. But I already had this fear that it wasn't going to go that way. Like I had already planned the dialogue and the interaction between us that I was just already turned off by it. You know what? No, it's okay. I got it. No, I got it. I don't need your help. (laughs) Right? That sounds like pride. Yeah. And the same with the kids. You know, if I was just helping out with the kids, I expected maybe to be asked again, right? No one can read my mind. And if I don't speak up for myself, then no one else is going to do that for me. And so I kind of expected my husband to read my mind and to know that I needed help. But if he didn't pick up on that, then I felt, you know, disappointed or abandoned or I was just dealing with this on my own when really all I had to do, like the simple solution was simply to express my desire for help. That was it. But I didn't have that mindset at that time. And now it's so easy, you know, but I had to practice it. I had to start small, maybe folding laundry or helping with the dishes or bath time. And then it also did create an awareness in my husband too, to where then he did start offering. Do you need me to do anything? I'm about to go do this. And then I'm all yours. I can help with whatever. And it created this huge collaboration that was beautiful. But before it got to that point, you know, I just felt like I was overwhelmed, but expected to perform. And the last thing that's obvious, I think the most obvious, is the fear of judgment that really just stops us from voicing our opinions. I think 100% of us can say that we struggle with this of just fearful that what we're saying is coming across the right way or that once we give some type of vulnerable information to somebody that it could be used against us or it could be um, just perceived the wrong way, that it could create a judgment or a negative opinion from that person onto us, right? We're fearful of how the other person is going to perceive us. And I know it sounds so simple, but your perception by that other person, the way that 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 other person perceives you is nothing that you can control. It's nothing that you have the power to oversee, override, or do anything. You have the ability to express yourself You have the ability to explain yourself if you feel like you need to do that. But ultimately, how that other person is going to choose to believe or think about you is on them. 
if someone tells you some type of news and someone tells someone else the same type of news, you might get certain emotions because of it. And the other person might feel the total opposite. Every single person is different. And so the only way that I know how to override this fear of expressing ourselves because of other people's judgment is through self-confidence. Self-confidence trumps judgment. And the best way that I have learned to build self-confidence is by building my set of skills, building my abilities, my capabilities. I think that confidence comes from competence in the sense that when I see what I'm capable of, when I see what I'm made made of, what I can accomplish, what I can do because I wanted to, then I feel confident in myself. Let's just say you go to the gym for the very first time ever. You've never been before. You go in there and you hear all the noises, right? Your sensories are just overloaded. You hear the clinking and clanking and grunting and running and (laughs) all the rubber and, and metal and everything. And you just see everybody and everybody looks like they know exactly what they're doing and you feel totally out of place. Like you don't know what you're doing. You don't belong there. Now let's say that you get a friend or a trainer and they start to teach you how to use the equipment, how to do the machines and everything. And after a while, you start to build your abilities, you build your skill set, you build your knowledge and you see what you're capable of. You see what you're made of. And then maybe down the road, you stop needing your friend. You stop needing that trainer. You become independent in it. You know exactly how to do it on your own. And you might go challenge yourself to try something new in the gym that you've never done before on your own. And that's exactly how life is. We're constantly challenged to re-up, to upgrade, to try something new, to do something that maybe we've never done ever in our life. And it's super scary. But when we see that we're capable of overcoming that fear and doing it anyway and keep going and keep going and not giving up, we might fail, but then we go back and we try again. I believe that's what really builds our self-confidence, our competence, our ability to do something we've never done before. So our fear of judgment is so normal. And I, like I said, everybody has this. And it's so simple to just say that self-confidence trumps that. But it's so incredibly challenging to actually live that out. So think of ways that you can start to try to live that out. I think ultimately, though, all of these topics that we avoid from talking about, whether it's finances, asking for help around the house, setting boundaries in our relationships, all of these fears, they come from a fear of conflict. Just, you know, if you consider what's stopping you from talking about these um, sensitive topics, it's usually a fear of conflict. Maybe you already play this movie in your head. I tend to do this sometimes where I just like, I fortune tell, like I already know what's going to happen. And I play this movie and I see the interactions and the dialogue happen in my head ahead of time. I haven't even done it. I haven't even thought much into it other than this time. And so I'm already fearing that there's going to be an argument because of it or There's going to be some type of confrontation or conflict um, relationally because of me expressing something on these topics. And can I tell you that, ladies, we are not the only ones that have this problem. Our guys have the exact same issue where they have a fear of using their voice when it comes to talking to us. You know, when it comes to saying something that they're fearful of how we're going to react to it. They totally have the same thing. This isn't anything unique for us, but um, we just have to understand that, you know, no one's going to speak on our behalf. We have to do it for ourselves. So this week's challenge is one, well, the first one's kind of fun. So 
the first one is just if you don't already have that support system in your life, if you don't already have someone that you feel 110% comfortable with being yourself with, then I challenge you to go out and find your people, find your tribe and do whatever you need to do to latch on to that. Some people have to start slowly on social media, build their confidence up that way and then go out and then get involved in groups and then maybe just latch on to a couple of close friends. Honestly, it's one of those things that, you know, if you don't go out and seek that for yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. It would be great if like you were feeling detached or disconnected from people that people would sense that and immediately just like come and latch on to you and like pull you their direction. But people aren't going to read your mind. They never will be able to. And no one else is going to speak up for you except for you. And so you've got to just do it for yourself and get out there. If you already have your people, if you already have your close relationships or people that you feel comfortable just being you, then I challenge you to do something in the next couple of weeks that really just builds the bond in your relationship that um, reaches out and strengthens your guys' relationship. You know, we live in a crazy world that's so fast paced and it's so nice when you actually take time aside purposefully to focus on your relationship with someone else. It shows how much you care for them, how much you appreciate them and vice versa. And so that's the first challenge, but it's really just a fun one. So I'm going to one up you a little bit. Okay. The next challenge is I want you to think about something, a significant topic that you have been wanting to discuss, but you haven't yet. And I want you to think about who the person is that you would discuss it with. Okay. Now, it doesn't matter why you haven't discussed it. It doesn't matter if it's out of fear of conflict or um, fear of expressing your voice or fear of being judged. Whatever the reason is, it's fine. Don't think about that. Just think about what is that topic that you really have been wanting to kind of discuss with somebody. I challenge you to set time aside, prepare the person, prepare yourself if you need to, write it down, write down your thoughts if you need to, and prepare that person and just say, hey, can we set some time to discuss something I'd like to talk about? doesn't have to sound all serious, you know, but set the time aside, get your thoughts in order, your, your feelings aligned and all of that, and empower yourself and talk about it. Yeah, I know. It sounds so much easier than it really is. I know. But at the same time, it kind of is just that easy. And when you do talk about it, know that whatever that person is thinking about you, however they're perceiving what you're saying or what they're thinking or judging about what you're saying, or if there's some type of confrontation because of it or conflict, just know that all of that can be dealt with. And really, it doesn't matter what they think. If you're being true to yourself and you're being open and you're expressing yourself, that's what matters, that you're giving yourself the platform to use your voice, to be positive and empowering yourself and sharing a piece of yourself that you've been wanting to discuss something. Obviously, if this is something that you've been wanting to discuss, it's pretty significant. You know, it deserves somebody else's attention and you deserve to be able to express that. You have the right. You deserve to speak on it, girl. Those are my challenges for this episode. And guys, if you lasted that whole episode, kudos to you. I appreciate it. I think your lady does too. 
I really hope that you guys take on this challenge and share it with me. I'm on Instagram. You guys can find me on at carice.nolani. Um, that's C-A-R-E-S-S-E dot N-O-E-L-A-N-I. You can DM me. I'd love to hear if you have a really great conversation with somebody. I'd love to hear how that went. You don't have to tell me all the details, but just I'd love to hear how that went. If you enjoy this episode, then I would love for you to share it with your friends, share it on social media, however you choose to. Let's get this thing going more and more. I love it. I love the community in it. Um, and I love how it's just connecting people from all different places and spaces and bringing them to the simple fact that we are all doing life together, guys. It's awesome and it's beautiful. And I, I really do love it. Um, rate and review on here. It does um, keep the accessibility up on the podcast, whatever platform that you use, whether it's iTunes or Google Play. Um, and I just appreciate you guys so much. And I love you all so much. You guys, let's use our voice this week and rock this voluntold life. <laughs>